Turn it up. Get ready. You're tuned in to VO Buzz Weekly. Weekly. The show where aspiring voice actors, established VO pros, and curious fans alike get to meet and learn from the mega successful talent in voiceover. Hear their personal stories. Find out how they became so successful. Learn their secrets and join them at the top. And I'm Chuck Duran. Here we go with part two from Vegas with Dave Corvazier. You're involved in an organization, World Voices Organization. Can you tell people right. about that? There's a wonderful group of people involved in yeah. that. And it's uh, worldvo.org if you guys want to check it out. Tell us a little bit about it, how it came to be, and what the mission is. I love the mission about it, but I want to hear it from you. Well, okay, thank you. I appreciate your asking. It kind of grew out of a previous organization, which I'm not going to get into, but the, the core board, executive board of that organization, broke away mm -hmm. uh, for various legal reasons, and we decided to start our own group. And, and at the core, the concept is it's a trade industry association. So it's not a guild. It's not an agency. It's not a union. We represent. We advocate. We promote. We educate for voice actors. And, uh, you know, we started out slow. It took us a while to get our bylaws written and, and get organized and, and, you know, get the solid base going. Now we've got about 150 members and, and they're, they're active and they're engaged and they're assertive about their membership. We're going to have our first uh, conference coming up in about a month, the first weekend in May. We're meeting here in, in uh, Las Vegas. We've got about 50 people coming and we're just, we're going to talk about what WOVO, as we call it, can do for them and what they can do for us. And we feel like we're really kind of on our way in, in helping uh, advocate for voice actors everywhere. Well, I like it because you're really trying to keep a certain level of integrity yeah. for yeah. the industry and, you know, because we we hear people talk all the time about people that are working for 10 bucks and it how it really diminishes the yeah. quality of the industry. So, yeah. I mean, I really like that you guys are really giving people a place to get information and to have a voice yep. and to really find out and to figure out what their challenges are and how they can get solutions. We're trying to pick really salient points that that are a top of mind for a lot of voice actors the the uh, month or two ago we came out with a um, what was it? A, a, pro a proclamation uh, against ISDN. It was a, a <laughs> what do you call it? A emancipation proclamation from ISDN, <laughs> and uh, and it was it was just a kind of a cutie little uh, marketing effort to to say, look, ISDN's going away, and we're thinking ahead for you guys. We're looking at the right. technologies that are coming in to replace that, and and we want to provide you with some alternatives and tell you what's the latest with that. And we just kind of we took a stance, mm -hmm. and that's what uh, industry trade associations do: is they advocate for their members. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely. So go to worldvo.org, you guys, and you can read a lot more and see how you can become a part of it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's not very expensive. It's twenty five dollars one time application fee, and then forty nine dollars for a yearly subscription. So seventy four dollars total. I mean, that's I not mean, going to break anybody's people, bank. That's like one day at Starbucks. Hello. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, Dave. So you were talking about earlier how you're an introvert and that you would never know it. I would never know it. Stacy would know. never know it. And anybody who's ever met you would never know it. But you're in broadcasting. 
So what happened? Yeah. How did that happen? And when did that happen that an introvert gets into broadcasting? Well, you know, like a lot of people in this business, you, you were as a kid, you were you were watching, you know, Looney Tunes and Warner Brothers and, and, and copying Mel Blanc. And, and you know, I, I was always playing with my voice and commercials. And, and my friends would tell me, you ought to get into this. And I'm like, ah, my mom wants me to be a doctor or an accountant or something, you know. But eventually I gave into that. And I said, you know, if I don't do this, I'll always wished I would have. And so I went, I started with the KISS Broadcasting Workshop at L.A. in 1977. Uh, you know, you, here's how you spin records. Here's how you talk on a microphone. And I got my first job at Country Western Radio Station in Carlsbad, New Mexico, for Christ's sake. I mean, <laughs> it was just, you know, it was just beginner's luck. Uh, and I just kept knocking on doors, and pretty soon I made it into TV and uh, con convinced people I could actually write and look good on camera. And, you know, you just keep you just keep knocking away at it. And, and I ended up here in Las Vegas uh, in 1985, and I, I, I decided to stay because Las Vegas was good to me. And and uh, it's just grown as a, as a media market. When I came here, it was like the 92nd largest uh, media market site. Now yeah. it's like 39 or something yeah. like that. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's been good to me. But, uh, you know, you, you can only do one thing for very long before you start getting a little bit complacent, you know, yeah. or, or maybe a little bit jaded about your job. And I love my job, but I've been doing it for 30 plus years as a TV news anchor man. And uh, I'm ready for a new challenge. And, and I chose voice acting because it's got so much depth. I mean, you can choose so many different niches, mm -hmm. start attacking one and then pick up another one and then pick it up another one. And, yeah. and the next thing you know, you've got a whole new career going. Yeah. yeah. So when you started doing, making that transition into voiceover, where did you start? Like what niche did you feel was, the, uh, 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 a no-brainer for you. I was convinced I was the next uh, Simon Vance audiobook narrator. You know, I just I just knew I could do audiobooks. I mean, yeah. I read the news th three half hours a day. Yeah. You know, five days a week. I just knew it couldn't be a great big leap to audiobooks. But uh, obviously, I was really wrong because you you need more of a theater background to do audiobooks. So I started with that, and then I got then I got enticed by all the different other niches that there are uh, in voice acting. Not not to mention commercials and promos and oh my gosh, e-learning. And I you know I've dabbled in a lot of it. I've listened to some of your e-learning, and I have to tell you. Um, because I do hosting for Disney, and I have to do a lot of interstitial, you know, this ticket, that. And your e-learning, I really, I actually listen. And I go, oh, you are a really good e-learning storyteller. So I, I yeah. think that's a gift. That's really a gift. Well, and it's not a great leap from news to e-learning. You have to be just really articulate and precise. And, and, and that's something I've learned after so many years of broadcasting. It is a challenge. I, I mean, I, I feel for every newscaster or every DJ who's ever been in, in broadcasting for very long and trying to get into VO because it it doesn't translate automatically. You've really got to work at it. Yeah. And, I, and I've... I've um, I've taken a lot of coaching to try to get rid of that that nuance, that that uh, cadence, that mm -hmm. that reveals that that I'm a news broadcaster. And the other thing is, is do I tout the fact that I'm an Emmy award-winning broadcaster to my voiceover clients? Are they going to be turned off by the fact that they hear the word broadcast? And what have you found? I found that it's a wash. Mm. I found that um, uh, that if you if you mention it, your fifty percent of your audience is going to say, "Oh, well, he's a broadcaster; he can't do commercials." And right. the other side is going to say, "Well, he's a broadcaster of thirty years; he's got an Emmy Award; uh, he's dependable; he's reliable; he knows what he's talking about; he's obviously got a, got quite a following of viewers, so he must be doing something right." So it's a wash. Uh, it, yeah. it really turns out to be that there's no advantage. When you're auditioning, say when you're self-directing, 
do you have can you hear yourself when you click into broadcaster mode or yeah, it's, you can? yes and that's that's what my coaches have taught me to listen for and, and especially if I'm tired it's the end of the day I'm knocking out the last few auditions of the day and I'm going wait a minute wait 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 <laughs> that's I'm on autopilot here I got to re restart you know and and then you got to listen for it and that's that's the key is I've learned to listen for it mm -hmm. yeah and what do you? What are some benefits? I mean, as far as I would imagine, your timing is really good. I mean, what are some benefits from having a broadcast background? Um, you you really learn the value of each word, mm -hmm. and the, I think the 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 cadence can benefit you, especially in e-learning. Anything that's technological or like uh, medical narrations, all that stuff. It's just gold. A broadcast background is golden because you've already got that that articulation that they're looking for, that preciseness, right. that right. that yeah. continuity, that and and uh, that really helps. Um, you know, I, I guess there's some timing. You know, I can pick 30 seconds out of a hat and come on, you know, dead dead on within five five tenths of a second almost any time I do a spot, and, and that helps. But um, uh, it's mostly that you have to learn to listen for it because otherwise you're going to fall right. into something that's announcery. Are you getting oh that a word? We don't that yeah. a word. Um, are you do you are you getting your news stories in advance or, or is, unless it's a lot basically a live this just in, or are you really cold reading? Uh, I cold read some things. I, I usually get a chance to write or rewrite or proofread almost everything. But mm -hmm. but you're right. There's stuff that comes in at the last second, and you've just got to go with the flow and hope that the producer wrote it well and didn't. Right. There's no typos or something. Right. But but that that makes you really good at sight reading. I mean, uh, yeah. that's yeah. one of the things I I, I I can do just unbelievably well is I can take cold copy and make it sound like it sings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, we agree. Hey Dave, let's talk studios, right? Uh, home studios mm. in particular because. We see, if you're in VO, you need a home studio. Or some kind of home recording you, capability. You really do. Yeah. So what what are some things that people should look for? Because, I mean, a lot of people get confused, man. They, they think they got to go out and spend, you know, $5,000 on a home studio. What do you, What's your perspective on home studio and maybe a portable solution as well? Oh, yeah. boy, that's that's a big topic. And you, you've hit the nail on the head uh, because people can spend a lot of money. I've, I started out that way. I think, well, I'll just spend more money on a better microphone and it'll sound better. And that, that's only true to a point. And then you get diminishing returns on that. Right. And, and it's not even so much the microphone, but and my friend Dan Leonard would tell me, it's the recording space. It's the environment mm -hmm. that you choose to record in. That has to be optimal. And then you'll get a good sound on a $300 mic. It doesn't have to be a Neumann. You know, it, you can really do well with just the recording space. So, sure, there's the spectrum. People have converted closets. People put up their their quilts, you know, on a frame. People have these elaborate six thousand dollar whisper rooms, studio bricks, whatever. Make it work for you. You know, play with it around. I mean, Chuck, you know this. Uh, yeah. Play with it until you get the sound you want, and then and then run it by a George Whittem or a or a Chuck Duran, and, and have them listen to it. Send it out to your friends and say, what does this sound like to you? What have you That's found? Good. Well, we are a little biased. We do like the Neumann Sennheisers. Absolutely. They are our sponsor. Um, but what are your feelings about good mobile options? Because you have to be able to, because things need to be in. We need mm -hmm. this in a half. I mean, you have to be able to have mobile capability. What have you found yep. are good mobile options? By the way, I have both a Neumann and a Sennheiser. <laughs> I know you and do. I, yes. I love them. Yes. Uh, so I, I uh, yeah, they're, they're and the the Sennheiser 416 especially travels well. So I take mm -hmm. that with me sometimes too. Yeah. Okay, you guys, this is a great question because I've been playing with. I love technology and I've been playing with different configurations of, of mobile recording outfits uh, since day one. And a lot of people just they pile up some pillows or, or hang a quilt over the ironing board. That 
works great. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Um, people want to use their smartphones or their tablets. You know, uh, they, how do you get that to work? And I've played with all of that stuff. And there's oh, there's a million new solutions for this. Uh, and they're all kind of fun and innovative. Uh, the one that I've kind of found that works for me the best is um, I use the uh, Zoom H6N portable handheld uh, unit. Now it has different modules that fit on top. So you get a you get a ball mic, you get a stick mic, you get the XY configuration mic. It all just fits on as a module on the top, and I found it to be really good. Um, that that's a little pricey. Not um, and and but you, say, and you yeah. can't but you can't edit that. No, no, you're right. It it goes onto a SD card, and then you mm -hmm. plug that into your laptop and use your yes, your daughter. Yes, you gotta to, make sure that takes a winner. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so so, but 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 listen, there's some great solutions on iPad because iPad you can put. Um, uh, what am I thinking of, Chuck? Here, Twisted uh, Wave. Twisted, Twisted Wave. Wave. You know, ten great. a ten dollar app that's yep. just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and you can plug in a number of different things now. You can use you know your MicPort Pro to plug in a regular you know XLR mic into it. Yep. There's just a lot of ways. And and Android too now with Audio Evolution, you can plug in all kinds of stuff, and it's it's pretty zippy too. It, it works really well too. So you know, I've got I've got some USB mics I use, and and USB is never going to be quite the high fidelity yeah. of a regular right. XLR yeah. mic. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, for most ears, it's it's good enough for yeah. auditions. Is, yeah. is, and it, so, uh, is there a particular USB mic that you've actually tried out that you feel is, 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 a, is a, a good recommend? I like the blue microphone Yeti. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I've, Yeti I've also Pro. got, um, uh, what's it called? I'll think of it in a second. Bl blue, blue is pretty innovative in that area. They, yeah. They've got a couple of mics that have the, you know, the 19-pin the connector into your iPad, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. the old iPads anyway. Have you ever tried um, the Apogee USB? Uh, I I haven't, but everybody talks about it like it's the golden solution. I mean, yeah. uh, I've heard it's great. You know, the hundred dollar mic and the solo and the duet. And yeah, that works great yeah. too. I mean, there, there seriously are some. I mean, tons of alternatives now for recording. Yeah. Um, the Kyocera ball is getting a lot of cred right now, and it's kind of trendy right now. You know, it's just a foam ball that fits around your mic. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people are using that, and of course, Harlan Hogan's got that great solution too, the the Porta Porta Pro Plus mm -hmm. and. There's some great there's some great solutions out there it, to the point where you almost can't tell you're not in a studio. Yeah, yeah this is very yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about marketing a little bit because we, I, you know, you're a heavy hitter marketer, and uh, there's people out there, and some people go crazy. I mean, they're doing everything, and other people don't do anything because there's so much to to look at that they're just yeah. like you know. Uh, they, they can't even think straight. So let's talk about marketing. What place it plays? How do you how to get organized right. with it? What you should or shouldn't do? Well, the answer to that speaks to Stacy's earlier question too about a C and B scene. You know, there, there's a there, you have to market yourself first, mm -hmm. and then you have to market to the right people. And and I think you know you can do too much. You you can come off as shrill yeah. if you do too much marketing. Uh, you have to find this fine line, and everybody has to experiment and find what that what that threshold is for them. Um, I, I've chosen social media as my main marketing outlet, um, but I can't rely on that entirely. I send out newsletters. Letters. I do some uh, some mailers, you know. I do some phone calls. Uh, you gotta. You can't just settle on one thing. You, I really feel it's important that you you spread it uh, equally around to all the different marketing techniques, um, and and then don't go crazy buying stuff because you know there's a lot of really inexpensive solutions to marketing. Right. Social media being one of them because it's it's practically free. I mean, I I, I buy the advanced uh, membership to LinkedIn because I feel like it's worth it. But other than that, I I don't pay for any of my social media platforms. Right. What do you feel about classes, coaching, conferences? Uh, 
Yeah, coaching is is uh, it's got to be part of your yearly plan. I think I try to go and get some coaching at least twice every year. Uh, conferences. Oh my gosh, have you noticed how many of them there are out there yeah. right now? Yeah. yeah. And they're they're really popping up. I mean, I give it to James and Penny for coming up with the, with the first one and for really making it sing. Uh, but now there's gosh, Vio Atlanta. There was one in the Midwest here early, a month mm-hmm. or so ago. Yeah. Uh, people are really getting out and about yeah, uh, and and holding seminars yeah. and webinars and mm-hmm. and in person appearances and and it's all good. But you just got to decide what what's important for you. Do, do you need coaching, or do you want to be seen and and see other people at conferences? Uh, Fafcon's a great one for that. You know, it's a very very professional and, and very casual and uh, and lovely to get to meet people. Uh, but you can't just market to your peers. You got to market to your prospects. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you yeah. got to you got to make decisions about where to appear and and, and what's going to cost you. Yeah, where are you going to learn? And this is, this is a question, <laughs> and it's not a trick question. Where are you going to learn? the nuts and bolts and the actual technical side of being a great voice actor from a conference or coaching? Oh my gosh, you know, uh, boy, I'd say both, Chuck, because coaches, um, I mean, I'm not going to name names, but but there are, there are some great coaches. Name a few and, names. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got, I mean, and they've got a patterned approaches. They've got their approach to coaching, and 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 you need to be exposed to something like that along the way. But at conferences, you get the smattering of of in the trenches experience from everybody, and the sharing of information is like it's a million bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, because as you know, voice actors are so willing to support and encourage each other, and when you meet them at conferences, it just it's just a free for all of. I mean, I just get overloaded with great information, and uh, and wish I had a recorder with me. For every conversation I was in. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's true. You know that we are big supporters of you, and you do so much wonderful stuff for the Thank business. You. But one thing that I really love is that you have spent so much of your career really getting the word out and helping disadvantaged children. And what is it about it that's really motivated you to give back in that way? Uh, you know, if you think about it, Stacy, uh, almost all the world's ills come back to people who are unbalanced as adults. And where does that start? It starts as their ch- as their mm. child. You know, there's a child inside that's still hurting somewhere. Um, so I was given the task of doing a Wednesday's child report at a station many, many years ago. And I thought, I, I wasn't even married at the time. I had no kids. I thought, well, I don't want to do this. And after I had done my first profile of a child who wanted to be adopted, I go, oh, my gosh, this is this is killer. This is yeah. at the heart of, of, of what's wrong with you know with kids and, and and the troubles in the world today. And so I've been I've been doing profiles of adoptable children for thirty years now. And oh my gosh, the, the rewards that come wow. back. I mean, hearing that a child gets adopted, finds a loving home, finds a forever home. Uh, it's it's like uh, it's become a mission. You know, I just uh, I find it so rewarding. I'll just keep doing it as long as I'm standing. Yeah. Well, and you started a chapter of Big Brothers and Big Sisters, right? I did uh, when I was living in Missouri for a while, and I realized that there was a community that really needed the mentoring, and and mm-hmm. so I started a chapter of Big Brothers and Big Sisters with the help of a lot of other people. I just kind of started the energy going, and it, right. it, it caught motion. Um, but but the, those organizations, I, I belong to Boys Town, Nevada, which is an offshoot of the original campus in Omaha, and this is you know rebuilding kids' lives. Uh, and so Boys Town, uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, uh, any adoption source, I've, I've been working with uh, Adoption Exchange. And I also work with CASA, which is, may not be familiar to a lot of people. It's court-appointed special advocates. These are people who advocate for children in the courtroom. So they become kind of a mentor to each child who's caught in the middle between a, you know, a, a parent who's, who's a, a, a drug-beat dad or something and, and is not caring for his children yeah. and uh, and they appear right. in court and who's going to speak for the child well the casa speaks for the child so right. it's a, kind of a that's not amazing. a well-known organization but one that really advocates for children i love it that's awesome. really cool man you are a good guy you know that 
Don't read what people are yeah, saying. Yeah, I don't on the care bathroom what anybody wall. says about Corvo, man. <laughs> you are a sweet Dave, soul. Was there some advice that you've gotten along the way that's really helped you in your life or in your career? Mm. You've just got to be yourself, and, and that may not appeal to some people. I, I, I fall easily into uh, being an approval addict, and, and it's worked for me in some uh, sense, but, but also worked against me. And I, and I would really encourage people to be themselves, and, and that, that means you're, not everybody's going to like you, but, but uh, if you aren't true to yourself, then, then what do you have? You know, if you, if you aren't genuine, uh, if you don't have your own integrity, then, then you've really got nothing. So be true to yourself. Sage that's, words. That's, that's beautiful. I think that's, that might even be in the Bible. Be true to yourself. <laughs> um, paraphrased, but similar. <laughs> paraphrased, yeah. Um, Dave, thank you so much, buddy. I mean, you are just so awesome. We know you have well, to go and report the shenanigans going on in Vegas, yeah. but um, we you can't know, thank you enough for, for all you do and for coming to be on the show. Look, hey, I'm just honored to be with you guys. I've watched your shows time and time again over the months, and I just thought, wow, what do I got to do to get on this show? And here you come <laughs> and ask me to be honest, like, dream come true. So thank you very much, Chuck and Stacy, for having me. Oh, uh, you got it, buddy. You. It is our pleasure. Hey, Dave Corvo here, and I just got buzzed with Chuck and Stacy. They are elevating the profession of voice actors everywhere. Well, that concludes our episode with Dave Carvazier. And uh, you guys got a lot of good information, yes. man. Social media, marketing, home studio. I mean, he just jam-packed renewed it. strength and vigor. So uh, go out there and tackle Yes. It. Take some of that information, whatever works for you, internalize it, use it, put it to action, and we're going to see you on the stages of the world. Yes, and we'll see you on our Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest, too, at Deal Buzz Weekly. Take care, everybody, and just remember, you, you always, always have, have time for, for a little buzz. Don't just listen to VO Buzz Weekly. Watch the show in stunning HD video at VOBuzzWeekly.com, on their YouTube channel, or on the app. VO Buzz Weekly is sponsored by Chuck Duran's Demo That Rock. Rock. The voiceover demo producer to the stars is now available to you. Visit DemosThatRock.com and take your voiceover career to the next level. See you next time. And remember, you always have time for a little buzz.